you need to be inspired. And some people are out there to inspire and some people are out there to be inspired. And, you know, at one point you can be at any end of this equation. But in any case, like it's it's just a, a way of human connection, I guess. You are listening to The Pretzel, the Creative Mornings Munich podcast. And I am your host, Marco Lindgren. We at Creative Mornings Munich organize monthly breakfast talks covering interesting topics in the creative community and life in general. This podcast brings creative inspiration and the stories of our speakers closer to you in your ears. Our guest today talked about the theme purpose in the Creative Mornings Munich first ever virtual session in April 2020. If you weren't there, you can find the link to the talk in our show notes, thebretzelpodcast.com. She found her calling at the age of 29, after numerous years in the field of advertising. She was pregnant with her second child when she felt an undeniable urge to step out of her comfort zone. She realized that whatever she would do professionally from then on would have to justify the time spent apart from her children, steered by a sense of purpose. She is Anna Clara Lessa Soares. Hi, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So your talk uh, was the first virtual online event Creative Mornings Munich had like ever done or arranged. How did it feel? Um, weird. It's very weird because like especially a topic like purpose, I would have loved to be able to interact with people. I, I had some questions that I wanted to see people raise their hands and, and it was weird not being able to do so and obviously meeting people in person. So in that sense, um, yeah, that was unfortunate, but thankfully everything works very well virtually too, right? I feel like we're very adapted to the virtual world already before even quarantine so it went out it went smoothly i think <laughs> uh, yeah i think it, it looked also very smooth uh what was there anything that was particularly uh easy or difficult compared to uh you know talking to a live audience so i am a huge introvert and um like public speaking is not my thing as much as i love meeting people um, I, like it's definitely something that is also why I, I was so happy to have this experience because, you know, like it's, it was an opportunity to get out of my comfort zone. Um, that didn't happen, but on the upside, it, it helped me in the way that like I felt way more comfortable, um, only with, you know, uh, my husband Yaniv and the camera in front of me. Um, so I think it also went very smoothly due to that, maybe. Um, yeah, pros and cons with everything. Yeah, like a dif different kind of uh, excitement there mm -hmm. in in a different place. So uh, your topic was purpose, as you said. Um, let's start with the definition and, and meaning. How would you define purpose? So personally, like I said, meaning uh, purpose is what gets you out of bed in the morning. For me, um, it's it's how you find meaning in life. I don't think it's something permanent. I do think that it's fluid and it could change daily as it could change yearly or at whatever rate. It also doesn't mean that you have to stick to one thing at a certain time. You can have multiple purposes at once, but it's just important to have something 
some sort of meaning that you're seeking actively um, to that gets you out of bed, that keeps you going, basically. Okay, let's get to that deeper in a, a bit later. But first, a little bit about, about your background. So you come from Rio de Janeiro. Yes. And and uh, now you're in München. Uh, what, what, what happened in between? So I went to Paris to study. I moved there when I was 19. And um, and I moved there because I wanted to study film and specifically French film or like European kind of film and not necessarily the Hollywood American kind of film. And there in Paris, I, I met like one of the first very first days I met um, Yaniv and um, and eventually we got together and we've been together ever since. And I pursued all of my studies in, in Paris, but after six years, we both decided that we were ready to move on. And that was around the time when I got this internship in Munich. So we were like, why not? Um, we came here thinking that we would stay for a year. And that year turned into six <laughs> and and ongoing. And we're very, very happy with that switch. Um, I still find that Paris is a wonderful place and I love to go there to visit. But I do prefer living in Munich. <laughs> You told in your talk that your first time you realized that you have a purpose was was during your high school years. Um, you had a feeling in your gut, in your bones, and in your skin. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, so what happened was that I, like I said, I grew up with a lot of privilege and um and very aware of that too. my my family, Parts of my family is poor, and um, it was just like it's a, it's a reality that like it hits you in the face when you when you live in a place where social division is so so clear, you know. Like in in in, in Germany or in Munich, it's easy for you to foresee that. Or it was it was more a few years ago. Now you can you can definitely feel more of poverty. You can see it a little bit more. But in, in, in Rio, it's just everywhere. Like, it's impossible for you to to ignore it unless you want to be completely oblivious, which is not the case for me. And um, so this was something that I always took to heart and I always wanted to contribute to change. Um, and I remember uh, once when I was in high school, we had this organization come and say that they would pay for part of our studies abroad if we agreed to come back and... Um, and help give back. And I thought it was the perfect program for me. I thought that this is it, you know, like I have no intention of staying abroad. I absolutely want to come back. I want to help. I want to do something. And I felt so, so much power in that so much like, this is it, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, my parents were more cautious with that when I told them that I wanted to apply for that program, because they were like, you don't know where life is going to take you right they're more experienced back in the days when I was like 18 I thought that I had it all figured out um it was definitely not the case as you can see I'm still living abroad um and unfortunately that feeling did fade right if you're not like constantly confronted with something if you're not if you're not experiencing it daily it's easy for you to forget what time and and that's what happened yeah, of course, there's there's new things coming on and, and, and new new things that occupy your mind and, and focus. And then the older things are sort of uh, old things. 
Yeah, exactly. There's always new things to worry about. Always. Um, always different things for you to switch your focus to. Um, but that is definitely still in the back burner for me. It's something I haven't forgotten it. Um, I'm happy that now I'm not a student anymore. I have my own income, source of income. My money is my own to give back the way that I want to give it back. Um, so there's power in that too. I think it's important to, as long as your purpose is still relevant to you, which this one definitely is still relevant to me. I mean, Brazil is still filled with problems. Um, then there's no reason to abandon it altogether. Right. If, if you um, think back that time uh, that you sort of uh, left the country and, and came to study abroad, uh, what would you say that were the biggest challenges at the time for you? Just uh, my whole family is in Brazil. So like I, I moved abroad with nothing but my own courage. But at the same time, I was moving to Paris which is like a lot of people's dreams. And um, I was, you know, going to a private university. I didn't have a lot at stake per se. And it's actually interesting as a question because my my like safety net was having my parents tell me from the very first day that if if anything ever happened, they could be with me in 48 hours tops. And vice versa. And I could be with them at 48 hours. So that was a safety net that helped me for a really long time and kind of still does. And which puts this whole quarantine thing and the whole world on lockdown in a very weird position for a lot of us expats, I think, because we always have this idea that whatever happens, you can still go home. Like the biggest challenge of living abroad is not being able to go home, um, which is why I have the deepest empathy um, for refugees, like not having a home to go back to must be the absolutely worst feeling. Um, so I guess that this is like for, for all of my years as an expat, I think that this this is the biggest challenge right now is not being able to go home if I need to. So talking about Paris, then this um, legendary and, and uh, romantic Paris, it turned out to be the reality for you at the end. Right. Sort you of. found your love there. Yeah. And, and so. <laughs> Um, obviously I like to believe that I would have, like, we would have found each other anywhere. Um, I, Paris is like, it's not the romantic city that is cracked out to be when you live there. Honestly, as a student, it was perfect. But the moment that I graduated and that I had to like figure out life on my own, it, get, it, it can get really tough, especially as an expat. And, um, the years that I had in France, they were going through some political changes and it felt really un unsure I wasn't sure if I would be able to stay there for my own merit as a as a working person, and I didn't like the idea of living there just because I had a union, a, a civil union, with um with my partner. So in that way, it wasn't that romantic image. Once I graduated, as I was a student, I was like, oh, this is wonderful. But once you have to like face life, it's um it was definitely more difficult. And and that's why I appreciated Germany so much and be able to move here and have my own visa on my own terms. I came here with a working contract. I wasn't dependent on anyone else other than my own job, my own employment. Um, so there was a lot of empowerment in that. Yeah. And then uh, at the same time, when the uh, initial purpose for you sort of faded a bit, you found a new purpose. Um, 
what happened there? Um, it wasn't at the same time. So with with time, that initial purpose faded and I felt a bit lost, which I think is a common feeling when you don't have something that you're actively um, going for. And um, even with my first um, son, everything still felt kind of manageable without like a bigger purpose. I could still um, go back to the job that was great and safe, but it wasn't exactly stimulating me. I didn't see myself growing there. I didn't see myself um, actively wanting to go up the work hierarchy. Um, it actually felt very like stifling because I my German is not perfect. And, um, and with time, all international people started leaving and I felt like it just wasn't the environment for me. But then again, it was safe and stable and I only had one kid. So I felt like it was it was good enough as a way to live. Um, but that's why I say that it was only with my second pregnancy that I was like, wait, no, like this is this is too much. This I need to do something that actually actually gets me going like this is this is not going to be enough for me. I know that it works for many people and that's absolutely fine. It's just that for me, I I I didn't feel like I was myself anymore. I was just either an employee or I was a mom or I was a wife, but I didn't have anything going for me. And and then that's when the this actual now sense of purpose or like rose up inside of me, I guess. Okay, we will go to that deeper in 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 a minute, but before before we go there, uh, let's uh, revisit your talk a little bit. Um, you talked about uh, like a different levels of purpose, like a personal level, um, communal level purposes. Um, so on the personal level purpose, um, what is the most important? I guess I would like for the most important thing to be is for people to be aware that, you know, like it's perfectly fine for you to pursue your purpose as long as it doesn't like invade someone else's well-being. Uh, it's not always the case, obviously, as we know, like some people don't care about other people. Uh, but that would be one of the very important things to think about when you're figuring out your personal purpose, I guess. Yeah. And you talked about this kind of a measuring tool mm. for for purpose. And for you, it was to value between the what you're doing and, and then the kind of a price you have to pay for not being with, with your children. Yeah, that's that's my measuring tool right now. And that's what got me um, to effectively quit my job and um, and start something new because I couldn't see myself spending, even though I was working part-time between pregnancies, I couldn't see myself spending that block of time um, doing something that in the end, at the end of the day stressed me out and took my energy away from um, being a better mom or being uh, pursuing something that actively fueled me instead of like taking my energy. Um, so that's how I came up with this measuring tool for myself. Um, and it's working for now. I mean, someone asked uh, at, during the presentation if I saw that measuring tool or, or my sense of purpose changing with time. And it's absolutely true. Like now it's very much centered around my kids, but um, it's it's not going to be like this forever. Um, it might not be like this tomorrow, you know, like it's, they're never going to be any less important to me, but it's just important, I guess, for people to be able to let go 
Um, because when you're not, you, you definitely feel a sense of guilt if you're not able to achieve what you set out to achieve. And, and that's, that, that's no way of living either. Carrying out your personal purpose, you said in your talk that resources should not limit the fulfilling of the purpose. Uh, what did you mean by that? So I'm not like, uh, I'm obviously aware that like resources help. Right. If you have money, you can give more. If you have more energy, you can also give more. If you have more time, obviously resources do help. But I don't see them as the defining factor that gets you to do what you want to do. Um, there's always a way around things. Always, always. Now more than ever, like you can reach out to people. You can. I mean, in all of human history, we've been so ingenious in finding ways to solve our problems. And um, and if, you know, if you t- tackle purpose is like finding a solution to your purpose as tackling a problem, then you're definitely going to be able to to find a ways around it. Um, like ideally not illegally, ideally, you know, like complying with with um, with whatever's going on in the world right now. Like like we said before, you know, like if my, my purpose could be to be with my parents, but that's not going to happen as long as we're in lockdown. Um, so that's not realistic, but in other way, there are other ways to be with them, right? There are other ways to reach out if your purpose is to reach out and be more connected with your family, with your friends. Um, if, if your purpose is to donate, you can always find different ways of, of contributing. If you, if you don't have the money, you can contribute with time. If you don't have the time, you can contribute with money or, you know, like there's, you can set up like passive ways to contribute. There's, there's always always, always a way around it, basically, is what I was trying to say. Um, because like I said, I, I've used that as an excuse before. I've used that um, that idea that if, you know, like I needed an international degree to be able to go back to Brazil and, and give back to my community. And now looking back, I know that that was absolutely an excuse that I set up for myself. Like I, I, I told myself that I couldn't do more because I didn't have a degree when that, that was not true. Yeah. If you think about um, purpose and then if you think about passion, uh, would you say that they are the same thing or which way they are different? That is an excellent question. Um, I hadn't I hadn't thought of that before, but I guess that that feeling of passion does definitely relate with purpose in the way that it, it lights up something inside of you. Um, I do feel, though, that purpose may have more to do with love than passion, I guess, because passion burns out with time, I think, for many people, not everyone, but for many people, passion with time fades away, whereas purpose, you can sustain it for longer if it works for you. Yeah. Right. That's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, then a little bit about the communal purpose. Um, it's like the how your purpose aligns with other people's purpose. And it's it's sort of a sum or a, a combination of everybody's purpose. How would you say that the uh, this kind of a communal purpose is is built? How does it like uh, becomes to be? I think that through inspiration. Um, the examples that I used were Bill and Melinda Gates, like Greta Thunberg, or Nelson Mandela, or um, Malala. You know, they're just people who have nothing in common in terms of like their background, their um, ages, their ethnicities, and yet 
they, their sense of purpose is so strong that it unites people all over the world to to join them in, in getting there. Um, I think that's that's how communal purposes works for the good in any case. Um, you need you need to be inspired and some people are out there to inspire and some people are out there to be inspired. And, you know, at one point you can be at any end of this equation. But in any case, like it's it's just a, a way of human connection, I guess. And you also mentioned that the purpose can be a blessing or a curse. Yes, I believe in that firmly. <laughs> um, so as a blessing purpose like i said you, you can be inspired for the good for the greater good we can be inspired to help out the environment we can be inspired to donate um to end world poverty or to um make sure that every child has a meal to eat we can we can definitely unite as human beings towards a greater good um and that's a wonderful benefit of purpose um without purpose or without you know like our moving Working with this gut feeling, um, like I said, with the limbic brain, which is the more um, irrational part of us, there there would be no innovation, right? Um, we wouldn't do anything that wasn't rational or strictly logical. Um, there would be no small businesses. There would be no inspiring leaders. There would be none of that without purpose. But on the other side of the the coin, we have purpose as a curse where we we also don't settle. We, we we might never settle. We always think that there's something, some greater good out there for you to pursue. Um, and you might not never end up actually finishing up anything, you know, not, never like achieving anything because there's always something else. And, um, and when it comes to communal purpose, it can be a, a curse when you have the wrong people with the wrong ideas. Um, perpetuating hate or fear you know like if their purpose stems from hate or fear and that we've had plenty of examples of that through history um and in politics where you know like if you have enough people backing up this this twisted i would say sense of purpose then then it can definitely work as a curse i would say yes um okay but let's not go deeper to the curse things um let's mm. go to your your <laughs> newly found purpose so you you set up this company york nutrition uh how how did you come up with with this kind of idea so i very fortunately came across um and in here, you know, I'm gonna go on a on a limb here, but the thing is that I am a very I'm I'm also very into mysticism and I really like astrology. And I have my my um birth chart drawn and and I was told that like this this um little idea that I had, this path that I was following was right for me, and I I chose to trust it, right? Because at the end of the day is a choice and I you know, like I, I won't say that I didn't have anything to lose because I did have a safe and stable job to lose, <laughs> but but it was worth pursuing. It was the right moment too, and um, and so on Instagram I followed this woman who I deeply appreciate. She's a wonderful person. Her name is Carly Mendez, and she founded O Baby Academy, which is a nutrition course um, that focuses on pregnancy, postpartum, and baby nutrition, and which is like it was 
for me, the best of both worlds, because I always loved nutrition and I was pregnant when I came across it. I was already a mom, so I had already gone through the postpartum um, phase and I was definitely very interested in baby nutrition. So for me, it was just like that aha moment. It literally was. Um, I was one of the first 10 people to sign up to the program blindly. I was like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I need to do. Um, and 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 there I went. I finished the program. Um, I used wisely the time that I have for maternity leave to study and finish the program. And once I was done, so the program is very focused on you uh, becoming a nutrition consultant. And that way you can help other families and, and women and um, it's it's incredibly um, valuable as work. And um, and so at the end of the program, I decided to create my own company. I had already quit. So I founded my company called Yoke Nutrition here in Germany. And through it, I, I work as a, as a nutrition consultant doing one on one consultations. And, and I have nutrition programs for the different stages in the pregnancy, postpartum of baby or baby phases. Uh, but I actually also ended up being hired by O Baby Academy to work with them. So this is actually my main activity right now, which is amazing and right in line with the astrology thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't comment on the astrology at all. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, when, uh, how do you continue then, then learning this, this thing now, now that the uh, you have started uh, how how do you stay top of on top of things so i am working now with um like i said i'm working with a program and through that we're constantly updating the curriculum based on new studies and coming out and everything and that's what's fascinating about nutrition too is that there's always something new to be learned like it it's just a never ending source of knowledge because you can't say like oh this is an like this is all we know about carbohydrates or whatever. Like, no, we're never going to know everything about it. Like it's, it's a, it's a very fascinating, um, continuous learning, um, area. And also what is very interesting to me is nutrition as, as a preventative medicine, because, um, a lot of the ways that nutrition is, uh, traditionally seen as like, as part of the help to like help treat something or help, instead of being preventative, because so many diseases or so many illnesses that we have stem from improper nutrition throughout time. So if we see it the opposite way, if we see it like, how can I prevent having all these things if I focus on my nutrition right now? I think that is fascinating. And I love learning about this. Um, so outside of a baby academy, I have also, and outside of yoke nutrition, obviously, I have also started a course um, with the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, which is exactly about this holistic way of seeing nutrition as a preventative means, um, working in conjunction with medicine as a preventative thing. Yeah. Um, how, how could uh, our listeners then contact you or f find more about uh, you and what you're doing? So I have the handle Yoke Nutrition everywhere um, on Facebook. There is Yoke Nutrition. Um, Instagram is also at Yoke Nutrition. My professional email is Anna at YokeNutrition.com. That's with one N, A-N-A. -A. And um, and finally, my website is um, www.YokeNutrition.com. 
Um, so it's pretty straightforward to to that, find that, that me. Should, <laughs> that should be fairly fairly simple to remember. Okay, thank you. Uh, very uh, nice talk. But before I let you go, then we have this uh, final question to all of our guests, and uh, that is, what does creativity mean to you? That is an excellent question. Um, on any given day, I would say that creativity is a lifeline. It gives you life. Just like even if you have like a glimpse of creativity, it gives it's a breath of fresh air. Um, now, nowadays, creativity is a luxury. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> it's a luxury because it's not always when you have the time to like. It, it requires a little bit of um, of quietness to to grow to grow, and um, and not all of the, us have that during quarantine. <laughs> Our thanks to Anna and everyone at the Creative Mornings Munich team. This episode was produced and edited by me, Mark Lindgren, at Huima Production. Our music was made by Sasha Ende. You have been listening to Pretzel, the Creative Mornings Munich podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Remember hashtag The Pretzel Podcast. Send us feedback by email to feedback at thepretzelpodcast.com. To find the show notes for this episode or to get a new episode right to your phone and your ears, visit thepretzelpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>